following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome back, everybody, to another exciting episode of Stories from the Sidelines. I'm Coach Larry. With me is my co-host, Matt Keogh. Matt, how are we doing? Tired. Was it a rough night last night? Oh, it was stupid. (laughs) Kickball, which we won, and then I wanted to go get McDonald's, so I go to a drive-thru, and the drive-thru wasn't moving, and I was sitting there for like 30 minutes. And it wasn't moving, and I was like, fine, I'm going to go to Wendy's. So I found another Wendy's. I was downtown, so I went from the McDonald's near the ECMC Health Campus all the way to um, uh, the Anchor Bar closer down Main Street. Damn. Yeah, and uh, to a Wendy's. And I sit in the drive-thru, and I finally get up to the drive-thru ordering place, and I'm like, yeah, can I get – and she's like, I'm only taking DoorDash orders. I'm like, I'm like, are you kidding me? So then I had to sit in the line still until I could get out. And then we, I was like, fine, you know what? We'll DoorDash. We DoorDash two Frosties and a fry. Okay. It says wait until 1230. I wait until 1230. Then I get back in the line. Get up. And I was like, I have a DoorDash order. And I, they're like, okay. And they they give me a bag and i'm like okay here's the fries and he's like we don't have any frosties but so here's the fries and i was like oh my gosh I just wasted. how does wendy's not have frosties? i don't know but i wasted two hours that's like dairy queen not having blizzards <laughs> meanwhile like i hear like because you know we were playing kickball downtown last night and there was i saw i witnessed almost an hour-long fireworks show downtown that somebody was just popping off. That was a lot of money. But, you know, they were going all around. So sometimes, like, you'd forget and then you'd think they're gunshots. <laughs> so I'm just like, I get want, out. It was like, I want my Wendy's. I think I'm getting shot at sometimes, but it's just the, it's just the fireworks. And I finally get home and I was like, well, this day was a bust. One of those days that just kind of keeps snowballing but why, and snowballing. But why DoorDash? Like, why at, like, they were open until 2 a.m. Why can't you? I'm just sitting there. Can I order? Well, this happened to me uh, last week. I just went to a Chipotle. I don't know. I just was craving Chipotle, like, I don't know, 12, 1. Went in there, and the second I opened the door, um, we're only doing online and takeout orders. Like, but you're making this stuff right there. Like, same thing. I, I see the food. Yeah. Why can't we're only doing? I'm like, why? Like, do you not have enough people to work? Yeah. Like, but just it's there. Fine. Let me order online. Like, so I kind of did what you did. I went to my car, looked on the Chipotle website, ordered, yada, yada. The only thing is, they actually had my food. <laughs> I mean, like, is it because people are just getting more lazy now? Or like, I, I, people don't want to work. That like, sucks. Um, did you, you know, we've talked South Park before, you know, the Casa Bonita episode or whatever. Yeah. You know, 
uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, they actually bought like that's based on a real restaurant in Colorado. Yeah. And they bought they they just spent forty million dollars over like the last two years to like renovate to it? renovate it. Because it shut down, it shut down over COVID. I think it shut down in like 2020, 2021, something okay. like that. So they, it was closed for about a year. They spent like forty million renovating this place. Apparently, it just reopened last week. Okay. Um. So what they decided to do was instead of you know if you're a waiter or waitress, you work on tips. You yeah. traditionally get a lower, um, lower start, lower salary, whatever, but you get tips. Yeah. So. When they first opened the restaurant, they were going to pay their waiting staff, I think it was $14 an hour, $15 an hour, but they were able to get tips. Now, I guess they, they're changing the contract, or they have changed the contract, where they're, getting their, they're giving their waitress staff um, anywhere, be, depending on experience, anywhere between $30 and $35 an hour, um, but no tips. They're not allowed to receive tips, and some of the waiters are complaining which you realize on a thirty thirty dollars an hour, I believe if you're working forty hours a week, thirty dollars an hour, that is I wanted to say I figured out I was sixty thousand a year, sixty six thousand a year. Which is you're telling me that as a waiter, you're gonna make that much with tips, even on like even on dead time. So this is like it doesn't matter if it's I get it when there's like you know, big events like I'm sure Fourth of July, whatever yeah. Cinco de Mayo. I'm sure you can rack out of there with a ton of money that night. Well, well it depends on how expensive it is too, because if it's an expensive <clears throat> place and the bill is high, their tips are going to be high too. Well, that's just it. I guess it's. Um, I was reading. I was bored last week. I was reading this. I guess it's. Um, it's almost like going to Darien Lake or an amusement park. Like you pay a set fee. Oh, right off the bat. Okay. I think it's like $30, $25, whatever it is. Like when you get in, there are some add-ons. You know, you, like you have to pay extra for um, alcoholic drinks. You have to pay extra, you know, for certain menu items like, or something. But everything else is like included. So that's why they wanted to pay their their waiter staff everything right up front. Because it's not like a – well, because in the actual restaurant, like in the in the show – you go into the front and you have to provide it like you have to purchase a ticket to get in. Yeah. So I'm talking like this is like <laughs> it is a real place, but I'm talking like like the South Park episode. But it is based on the Absolutely, South. Absolutely, which I had no idea until I saw this this article or whatever like a couple weeks ago. It looks exactly like it. Too. Yeah. I had no idea that 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 episode there was an actual place like they have the they have the cliff divers and everything. Yeah, they have a gorilla. Um, that there's there's a mascot, the gorilla. They have like a, mm-hmm. a mine cave you can go. Yep, through. Black Bart's cave. Yep. They have the the roaming mariachi bands yep. or whatever. But so is it a restaurant? Like in the sense of like you sit down, you order, and they give you a check there. Or since you paid a flat rate at the beginning, you play. Yeah, it, most I, things are just included. Most things are included. So it makes sense that you don't get a tip. That's what I figured, but a lot of those places, like the only one that I can think of, is like buffets. Like if you go to a uh, old country yeah. buffet or whatever, there's nobody actually waiting. No, there. so it's definitely an upscale version of that. But is this? I I think it's 
On those places, tipper included, isn't it? it like a gratuity is gratuity. Included. But I don't, but like oh. if if it's like a Darien Lake thing, Darien Lake, you don't tip them there. No, no. And I guess all the like if you look it up, I guess it's more of like um, uh, cafeteria style. Like you go in, and it's oh. more of like so. I guess more like a buffet style. Um, but again, there are certain items, certain add-on items that are more expensive or that you can upgrade to. But uh, yeah, they wanted. They said that they're um, when they did their soft openings or whatever that people were, they felt like they were over tipping or had to tip for everything. So that's why it's kind of like a marketing ploy too. But right. I just did the math: sixty-two thousand four hundred dollars a year. That's not bad. I would take that. They're, I would take that in a second. They're hiring. I know. I'm looking at like, you know, I don't know. Colorado's uber expensive though in most places there. Like yeah. it's a pretty expensive state. But still, name name one waiter like even here, if uh, if is Bob Evans a thing? If any restaurant, yeah, here, Bob Evans is a thing. A lot of old people like to go, go there after church. If you could find a full time job at Bob Evans, making sixty four thousand, sixty two thousand dollars a year, wouldn't you take it right away? Yeah, I mean, I guess it just depends on the restaurant. Like, if I was working at like Buffalo Chop House, for example, I want my tips because you can leave out daily, probably with close to two hundred dollars worth of tips. Yeah, but on a busy night, but even on a short night, even on a, on a well, night where you're only getting like maybe say you in an eight hour shift, maybe you only got like three or four tables because well, it's slow. Well think about how well okay, uh, but you still break a hundred because those checks are expensive. Okay. Uh let's say let's say the average average a week, let's say you work five days a week, you clear a hundred dollars a night on tips. I know there's gonna be days where let let's say it's one fifty. One fifty. One fifty a night. Let there's gonna be days where you clear a lot. What's your, there's gonna be what's your base so pay then? Like Well, that's just it. In tips alone, one fifty times five is what? Seven fifty? So seven fifty just in tips. I would think waiter staffs they get paid under minimum wage. What's minimum wage now? Is it eleven dollars, twelve dollars? Yeah. So usually, like waiters and stuff get paid like even under ten dollars. So let's say let's be generous and say the waiting staff is getting paid ten dollars an hour. Yeah. All right. So you work forty dollars, or hours. sorry, forty hours at at ten dollars an hour. That's four hundred bucks plus again seven fifty on. Tips. That's eleven fifty. That's eleven fifty. Thirty dollars an hour actually would pretty much work out because thirty dollars an hour, it would be like what twelve hundred. Yeah. So it's close. So yeah. It's pretty close. I mean, so pretty comparable. Yeah. I don't know. I just I to be honest, I give waiters and waitresses a lot of credit. So if I can give them a tip, I would and I will because I would hate doing that job. True, and, it, and and we're coming in hot with this, by the way. And but, it's very, it's a, it's a very demanding job. But I look at it this way too. I'm one of those guys. If you're a good waiter or waitress, I'm gonna tip you more. Like I might give you twenty, even twenty five percent. But if you're just all right, here's your food. All right, what do you want? All right, and like you don't like your waiter clearly ignores you. Doesn't clearly has that I don't give a bleep attitude. Yeah, which there are some waiting wait. Waiters and waitresses out there that do that. I'm I'm not that guy where I'm not giving you anything, but I'm not tipping you twenty percent. I'm gonna tip you maybe like ten. Like I'm gonna I'm not leaving you out. There was in fact there was only one time 
this was probably five or six years ago where Vicky and I went out and the waiter was just God awful. Like we had to wait, I think 30, 40 minutes for our food. It was like, and it wasn't busy, just ignored the hell out of us. I think we saw him. I didn't give him a damn thing. That was the only time I left zero tip for our waiter. Like I made sure to put like, because I paid credit card, made sure to put zero and then the actual total. Like I gave nothing. Um, And there's times like, this is kind of stupid, but there's times like, you know, sometimes you pay in a card, but you'll tip with cash. Yeah. I'll just put with tip, I'll put on the table just to make sure that they know I'm not like yeah, yeah, screwing yeah. them. But um, no, that was the only time I did not tip a waiter. Sometimes waiters are just really bad. Yeah. And they just like expect a tip. A tip. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tip you if you give good service. I'm not saying you got to sit there and like, you know, kiss my butt the entire time and be there on my beck and call, but damn it, at least try. Well, it's like also I hate the ones where they like if like if you're paying somewhere and they like give you like the prompt for tips, they automatically start at like twenty or twenty five percent. Like that's like the lowest. Or if I'm... they'll have like other and they yeah. make you hit feel bad by hitting the other button yeah. and, and they're then just it... standing there while you're doing it. Yeah. Oh gosh. It's uh it's like, I don't want to give you 20%. I'm poor. Now, have you noticed, though, some of these, like, fast food places are, like, starting to, like, um, when you buy from, like, a fast food place or whatever, they're, like, putting in the option to tip? Yeah. Why would you ever tip at a fast food place? I don't know. And also, fast food places make more than waiters. Yeah. That's what I mean. Why would you ever tip at a fast food it's place? Like you make $16 an hour. Why the heck am I tipping Yeah, you? that's basically your tip. Yeah, like... I don't know. It's fast food. That's the point. There's no waiting. You put the food in a bag and you give it to me. That's your job. <laughs> well, what, I, I, it's like a, a teaching. We don't get tipped for, you know, educating your son or daughter. But like, well, thank you for giving my kid the real mathematics lesson on the day and not just, you know, the artificial stuff. Yes. You know. With the, I don't want like no, that's not how it works. I mean, like, well, I did I did Pythagorean theorem today, so it's that's like five bucks extra. Come on, Pythagorean theorem. Pythagorean. I can't even spell that. A square plus B square equals C square. I think that's the. I think out of if you ask anybody for a mathematical theory equation, whatever, I think they will. That's the one that they would come up with. I know how to um um what is it. For diameter, isn't it two pi r? Oh God! Don't for geometry, diameter—that's where you cut something in half, right? Yeah. Well, the diameter is like you know how how long it takes to get from one end to the other, like in a circle, so yeah. like through the middle. And then the radius is like the dot, and like it's only half. I yeah. failed geometry the first time. Then there's I, segments, I line segments. Triangles, triangles, isosceles triangles, right triangles, obtuse um, angles, obtuse, obtuse. Now, do you know the uh, obtuse is greater than ninety degrees? Mm-hmm. Isosceles is less than ninety degrees. Correct, and a right angle is ninety. Degrees. Ninety degrees. Yeah. How many degrees in a triangle? It's got to be under one hundred and eighty because one hundred and eighty is a flat line. Flat line. So between one and one seventy nine. 
<laughs> I don't know. I, There's different degrees no, of triangles. I, 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 no, I think it has to equal 180. Does it have to equal 180? Yeah. Um, no, because uh, acute angles don't equal 180. No, so think about it. If there's an acute angle, well, all right, what is the... Um, or you mean all three angles in a triangle have to add to 180? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, you might be right. How much... The first thing I have is how much does a person get paid to change a light bulb on a radio antenna? Is that an actual job? Yeah. How much, like, is it cool? Um, I think it's, like, I think it's it's like a two-time job because they burn out, like, six every six months. But depending on how tall it is, and it, it, it can range. You get paid, like, between 25, I think, I read, like, between 25 and $35,000 each trip you go. Wait, what? Depends on how dangerous it is. A lot of these jobs, like, they pay, like, a lot for, like, one-time things. It's because they're stupid dangerous. Can you imagine going up, like, four, five, six hundred feet or a thousand feet, whatever it is, no. to change a light bulb, and then you accidentally drop that light bulb? <laughs> I feel like you'd have more than just one. Um, like, God damn it, I gotta go all the way back. Ugh. And that's when you just cut the cord and you fall backwards. <laughs> yeah. The sum of the three angles of any triangle is equal to 180 degrees. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. Like, I'm not great at math, and I'm sure as heck not great at geometry. But I was like, I remember one of the times I was subbing, I was subbing for an eighth, for a sixth grade math class, which was like, oh, crap. And, um, <laughs> but legit just thought logically, I'm like, it's going to be 180. That's where you look like, it, you just, and then you always get, whether it was math, whether it was, for me, it was always like science. Like I was not a fan of science, which is funny because my brother is physics, like has his degree in physics and his master's in physics. But, um, You'd always, like, you'd just read basically word for word the lecture, whatever, that the teacher gave you. And then you'd always get that smart kid in the back. Well, what about this? Or, well, that's not exactly right. Or, well, what are we, like, dude, uh, cut me some slack here. I'm a phys ed teacher trying to teach physics. Just shut up. You're not listening to me right now because you know your teacher's not here. Just shut up. Yeah, just do your work. Like, I don't I don't know. History is always, like, my thing. I can always do history. I feel like history is a subject where you can kind of, as long as you know the gist of it, you can kind of finagle your way around it. Yeah. Like, if it depends on, like, what I guess what you're talking about. But, like, you know, it, sometimes, like, depending on, like, dep like what you're talking about, <laughs> like, it can get rough. Like, if you're doing, like, a World War II thing, you're like, these are the bad guys. They're like, why are they bad? And be like, wow. Well, you know, because they did, you know, they killed a lot of people, and, you know, they oppressed people. And are they fascist or socialist? Well, tech yes. It was like, well, Hitler technically hated fascism. <laughs> That's where it just turned into philosophy. Well, it depends on who you ask. Some people... Oh my gosh, I I love philosophy classes because it just there's no 
Like, you can say something, and if it doesn't stick, like, if you say something and the teacher clearly does not agree with what you're saying, you could turn it around and they're like, I guess I see what you're saying. Philosophy is, let's be honest, philosophy is like, it's it's like pre-law. It's like a law class. It is. Like, I I loved it. I had, uh, Canisius, we had to take two philosophy, we had to take an intro and then two electives. Um... It was basically just – I remember my, our intro class was basically just a bunch of arguments. And, like, when I mean arguments, I mean – I don't mean, like, everybody was yelling at each other. Yeah. It was just – It was debates. Yeah, debates. It was, like, a question, and then, well, what about this? Well, yeah. did you think about this? Well, what – I mean, it was – you'd have the reading assignment, and then the next day for 40, 45 minutes, however long the class was, you would basically, with the rest of the class – spend well no i think if you meant look well if you look at it this way well altruism is really this well that it was just bouncing like stuff back and forth it was i mean you could there were times i'm not gonna lie not all the times i usually did the reading because i i genuinely enjoyed the subject but there were times where i didn't do the reading and after hearing like two or three arguments i just picked right up and got my participation points that was me by just well you know if you look at the and Oh, I never did any of the readings. Like, I had to read Plato's Republic, and, like, I had to, like, and, like, they were long readings. Like, you have to do, like, full stories. And so, basically, I'd, like, do spark notes, and then I let, like, the one guy who usually likes to start the conversation, he starts it, and then him and the teacher start going, so I have enough time to, like, sit there and realize what we're talking about. And they're like, oh, okay, and then I just tie it into something completely out of left field. Like, I... My government class in high school, actually, we were talking about different governments. Shocking. And um, for lack of a better word, I have a very skewed look on this world. So we started talking about, like, rough governments and, like, forms of government that don't necessarily hold up. Um, And we started talking about anarchy. And I was like, oh, so that guy raised my hand, and he was like, yeah. He was, and he was like, what do you think about anarchy? And I just go off of, like, my thoughts about why we should be, like, why anarchy should happen, what the causes are, and, like, what the benefits are. And he walks up to me, and he was like, yes. He high-fives me. But I was, like, so nervous that he was going to come up to me. He was like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Like, hello, McFly. Be like, I think that anarchy's not necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> Just like I'm gonna stop you right there. What was the one what was the one movie where they did the debate or what was it uh Billy Madison where he does the oh, yeah. debate or whatever and he's like I award you no points. Yes. <laughs> God have mercy on your soul. Uh, like we are all dumber from listening to that. Not at all did you answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like I think we've all been there where we've been called on and no clue what we're doing. So we just spin some sort of story (laughs) and you just like at the end, you're just like, I hope this worked. The other's been you, you've, you're the process where you've had interviews now, I'm sure for phys ed jobs, sub jobs, teaching jobs, whatever. I remember there was a few um, early on, especially early on when I was interviewing do you always like you 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 go in there and you know all right the question 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 and sometimes they just throw you like a cur- not a curveball question but one that you're like nowhere near prepared for or mm-hmm. not ready for. I remember there was one 
like I forgot what the question was, but I went on like I don't know, probably like a good five minutes, maybe more, wow. answering the question and. By the time, like, you know how you get out of an interview and afterwards you're, like, kind of replaying your answers through your head or whatever? I'm replaying. I'm like, what the f- did I? Like, I went on, like, a tangent and then went on another tangent and then yeah. circled back to that tangent and went on a totally different tangent and then pretty much counteract, like, like counterpointed my own argument and yeah. then went to this and went to that. I could only imagine, like, the interview, like, person is just looking at me like, dude, just shut up. Like, just, just stop. Just, it's just not that long stop. Of an answer, buddy. Just stop. What, what do you think is your best quality? Well, well, if you look at it, I mean, you know, my hair. But well, no, I mean, then you know, my the way I, I keep moral compitude and you know, I do this and like, just, 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 just stop. I mean, like, I'm not perfect by any means, but you know, and then, <laughs> and then, like, you just like you keep going, and then you're done, and you're like, does that answer your question? You're like. They're like, uh, you answered the question, but also contradicted yourself, and then actually told us more about why we shouldn't yeah. hire. And be like, yeah. Or then you look like after a while, like you you talk for like two or three minutes, and after a while, you're like, uh, wait, what was the question? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Was I supposed to say what my qualities were? <laughs> I thought you said what were qualities. <laughs> But you just get, and even you just get into that point where you're just rambling, 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 rambling. There's been a few times, like, I've looked at my, like, my brain is telling me, dude, shut up. Shut up. Stop it. Knock it off. I don't know what to do with my hands. (laughs) Yeah, the hand just, or just, just, well, you know. Yeah, they're like, you talk too much with your hands. It's like, well, what else am I going to (laughs) do? Like... (laughs) If I if I don't use my hands, then I then they will cause problems more than anything else. Be like, well, uh. <laughs> or you just sit there and start like itching stuff, like grabbing the ear, or, yeah. like itching your chin, like. <laughs> it's it's always never good when they're like, okay, like they ask you a question and then they pause, waiting for you, and the first thing you do is like. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing. One thing uh, my cousin, who's a principal, uh, has told me before, like, always, whether they, most interviews, they'll give you, like, a glass of water or whatever or oh, something. I've never experienced that. Um, or he said, if not, try to bring, like, a water bottle or something with you. Yeah. Um, and he's like, that's what it's there for. He's like, anytime when they ask a question, just reach over, grab a sip of water while you're sipping that give your brain a chance to either, A, think of the question Think of something responding to say that way instead of you're not hearing the question. And because especially in pressure situations like that, when you hear a question, your first instinct is just to start talking, make a noise. You don't want to leave that uncomfortable silence. Yeah. But if you can mask that uncomfortable silence with, you know, a five second drink of water, it's giving you a time to process what's coming into your head so that you can answer it coherently. All right, but enough interview tips. Um, I'm coming in hot today with, and we'll talk a little bit about this for coaching and playing, being overrated. I think Bill Belichick, one of the most overrated coaches you say this in history, time. but here's my hot take. I think by the end of this football season, I don't think he'll be fired during season, but I think after this football season, this will be 
his last in New England because New England is again going to crash and burn. New England is going to finish fourth place in the AFC East. New England, I don't think I'm going to be generous and I'm going to give them eight wins. But realistically, I don't think they're getting higher than six. I think they are going to have a crash and burn season. I think there's already some tension between Kraft and um, Bilicek. And again, he's just overrated as a coach. And his legacy is only getting more and more tarnished as we go. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like he will... um, I feel like he won't. It's going to be like a Tom Landry thing, like the Cowboys had. Like, great coach, overstays his welcome, but refuses to, you know, like, leave until he's forced to. But then again, the argument is always, well, look at what he did with Cleveland when he was the coach there. Look at what he's done without Tom Brady. Look at what he's he's never had. He has a losing record, yada, yada. All that is true. And then the counter argument to that is usually, well, name one coach that won that won without a winning quarterback or doesn't have. There's a lot of coaches out there. I mean, was Trent Dilfer a great quarterback? But Brian Billick won a Super Bowl with him in Baltimore. Um, but you just look. He has, he's had, the greatest quarterback. As much as it hates me to say, Tom Brady is, I don't even know if you need to say one of anymore. He's just the greatest. He's the GOAT. As much as I hate to say it and ask anybody who knows me, I despise giving this man any credit. He was the GOAT for 20 years. 20 plus, but he was the GOAT for 20 years. As a coach, you had the greatest quarterback for 20 years playing at his for pretty much all 20 of those years playing at pretty damn good levels yeah it's not like you know joe montana where we saw him fall off the rails a little bit towards the end and and every quarterback peyton manning he didn't win that last super bowl in denver i mean that was won by his defense you had the best quarterback playing pretty much at the top of his game for 20 years. And honestly, I think the Patriots should have had more Super Bowls than they did. They won six during that time. Mm -hmm. I think they probably should have had three or four more. I think if Andy Reid was in charge of that team, I think if Mike Shanahan or Kyle Shanahan, uh, a coach like Joe Gibbs, I think if you put better offensive-minded coaches in that situation, just better coaches in general, I think they probably, we're talking that Patriots dynasty probably has nine, maybe even ten. I think it was just they won despite him being a coach. Name one thing that he really did. Name any of those Super Bowls. Name really any of those years that you could say, like, oh, they won because of Bill Belichick. The only time I could think of really a Super Bowl that they won 
was that giant Super Bowl, Super Bowl 25, where that defense, that defensive game plan that they had against the Bills was Bill Belichick's, and it was perfect. He, They kept Buffalo off the field with their offense, but they just kept the highest-ranking uh, I believe that year going in Buffalo was the highest ranking offense or one of the top. And they. When was this? Super Bowl 25. The Bills Giants. Oh, oh. Yeah, this was back okay. when he was just a defensive okay. coordinator. Gotcha. Okay. Just when he was the defensive. I saw you. You were looking at me like, like, did you have a stroke? Like, what are you talking is, about? I was really confused. For no, a second. Bills Giants, when he was just the defensive coordinator yeah. under Bill Parcells, yeah. he had a, like, the best game plan ever to slow down, shut down, whatever you want, frustrate Kelly, Thomas, Reed, Lofton, everybody. Um, other than that, I mean, what did he really do? Yeah, he got lucky taking Tom Brady in the sixth round, seventh round, whatever round he was taking it. Do you think he was the reason why they cheated both times? Do you think he was the instigator for it? Or do you think that came from, like, the higher-ups? Let's put it this way. You're the head coach of any team. I don't care even if it's a high school team. You're the head coach. Name one thing that goes on in that team that doesn't run through you. Like, if if you're the head coach, you're in control of everything. You're the one, not like some lowly assistant is coming. Oh, look, coach, look what I got. No, he's there because you told him to be there. Or even the GM coaches back then had more, I think, had more leverage than the GMs, where GMs seem to be, even nowadays, I think if if you've got a coach and a GM that aren't on the same page, if you're winning, I think the GM is going before the coach. Yeah. So I think your I think he absolutely orchestrated it, in my opinion. But then, like, well, why would you do that if you had like a very sound team? But again, think of it though. When they did it, it was relatively early on in their dynasty, wasn't it? It was in the middle, I'd say. It was after. What Super Bowl was it that it? Uh, was it their second Super Bowl win? Uh, no, it was no. It was um I wanna say it was during the Falcons Super Bowl. No. Yeah. No, it was way before that. Spygate you're talking about? Well, I was talking about Spygate and then Deflategate. I think he or Deflategate I could see maybe coming from Tom Brady because it's I mean, he, at it that point, him it impacted most. him the most. And at that point, he, you know, was pretty high up well, where he, he could do that stuff. He got, well, he got suspended for five games. Yeah. And then he came back and did his revenge tour. Pretty much. I'm, yeah, I'm curious about that. Um, Spygate was, Spygate was, well, on, on September 9th, 2007, the NFL catches New England Patriots illegally videotaping coaches' signals of the New York Jets from unauthorized locations in a week one game. Okay, so it happened at the start of the 2007 season, which means it would have happened in the Super Bowls prior to that. I know there was talk that he did it during the Super Bowl. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then Deflate Gate was 2015. Deflate Gate was later. Yeah. yeah. So 2007 was still relatively early in that dynasty. I mean, you're talking 2007. That would have been they lost to the Giants. No, did they? I believe so. But that oh, would wait no Super Bowl. 2007 was Indianapolis Colts versus the Bears. Yeah, but this would have been the 2006 Super Bowl that they would have, I'm guessing, that they would have been cheating at, and it just carried over. That Uh, was... That was Steelers defeating the Seahawks. Yeah. I know there was a Super Bowl in there. All right, 2005 Super Bowl was the Patriots defeating the Eagles, 24-21. When was the when was the um, Giants? That was you're talking about the David Tyree. Yeah. That was I want to say like 10 2008. Or... Okay. Was the first time I think they played each other where the Giants won. That sounds right. But either way, I just I think Again, all of this is alleged and just my opinions, but I think he probably orchestrated the Spygate. I could see Brady being more of the orchestrator for the Deflate Gate. Yeah, but like he gave, like he didn't stop Brady. Absolutely. I think he knew about both of them. Whether he orchestrated or not, I think he knew about both of them. And did absolutely nothing to stop it. So crappy. I just think he was... And that also is going to be a stain on his record. That, yes and no. I think that's more of a stain on the organization as a whole. But I think he's going to get fired. And I think it's going to be one of those things where you know how sometimes if you get in trouble at work or even as a teacher like hey dude we are going to ge- we're we're going to fire you but we're going to give you the option to retire to quit to resign to whatever to kind of save face i think at the end of this season that's what craft is going to go up to billichek and do but like listen bottom line you're not coaching here next year you can either come out and publicly retire or if not I'm going to come out and publicly fire you and I'll give you a week to make up your mind but July 1st whatever uh, March 1st whatever the date is one way or another that's going to be your last day in this organization type of deal do you think he'd tell you do you think that like they would tell him the season before, like how they did, like with um, the coach for the Chicago Bulls. Oh, Phil Jackson. Yeah, how they told him like before the season that like this is your last season or. Like... Well, I think that because I think that was where Phil's contract was up, so I think they just kind of told him, "Hey, listen, we're not renewing your contract." I don't know if Belichick's contract is up. I don't know how much longer he's got on his contract. I don't feel like they've ever like talked about. Like renewing his contract, or like ever, like you know, because usually you hear like, oh, like they renewed the coach's contract. Yeah. I've never heard that for Bill Bell. It feels like just Bill Belichick is just there. Maybe just a lifetime contract. Yeah, 
Um, I think this year it's going to go miserable for them. And look at what he did. Look at the coaching staff that he put he together. Put two N- defensive coordinators on Matt offense. Patricia yeah. as an offensive coordinator. I've never played a down of football in my life. I think I could have done a better job than Matt Patricia as an offensive coordinator. He was terrible. Yeah, he was really bad. And well, who did he, who did he get though for um, the new offensive coordinator right now? Yeah, isn't it? I want to say it's is it Bill O'Brien or is he back in college? I don't know who their offensive coordinator is. I'll be perfectly honest. The Patriots are just so far off my radar now where I really don't give a damn what they're doing. I know they're not getting DeAndre Hopkins. Um, he's coming to Buffalo. Yeah, it is O'Brien. I, okay, that's what I thought. They brought him back because he had he would have worked with Mac Jones at Alabama. Yeah. Um, Mac Jones is also this is his make or break year. Yes, but I think they totally stunted. If not, they might have like killed his development from last year. So, like, are they becoming the new Jets? I think so. Um, and again, I'm not saying Mac Jones was going to be the next Tom Brady. Yeah. No, not even close. Um, I'm not even saying he was going to be like a top five quarterback in the league. But his rookie year, he did show some promise. He wasn't garbage. He wasn't a Zach Wilson. He wasn't awful. And I think year two, they just they destroyed that kid. Yeah. And I I wonder if... I mean, maybe bringing back his college coach or his college offensive coordinator in Bill O'Brien is going to help. But, man, they just, they did nothing to help him. No, and it's unfortunate that that's how it it went. But. Yeah, and, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. This year's make or break where not only if the Patriots have a horrible record, which I think they're going to have, um, but if he has a bad year, I mean, you're talking he's going to be looking at becoming one of those quarterbacks who's just a either a career journeyman like Fitzpatrick was, yeah. or he's just going to settle into a backup quarterback role. I feel like he's going to be a solid backup. He's going to be like Sam Darnold is now. He's like just puttering around the league waiting. Sam Darnold, do you think now don't get me wrong, on that draft on that draft year, he was the one where I I really wanted him over Mayfield, over Allen, over Rosen, over Jackson. Um do you think if he goes to like basically any other team besides the Jets, we're talking that he's at least a a middle of the road quarterback? Yeah. Right now. I'd say he'd be like a Ryan Tannehill right now. Fair. Where he has a couple good years and like he's doing well and then starts falling off, but I don't know. He's. I even think that if he was on the Jets now, he'd be better. Oh, I agree. If he was drafted by the Jets, like if he was drafted last year instead of Zach Wilson, yeah, yeah, he would have been better. I agree. I think the Jets. That's out of the AFC East teams, <clears throat> even out of the AFC teams in general. I'm most afraid of the Jets. I think their the Jets just sound. I think the Jets finally have their head coach. Oh, I yeah. think I think they finally have a good head coach. 
I don't know if they made any changes in their front office, um, but I think they finally got their their guy who's got a plan, who's running it, who's getting the players. Over the last two years, they have had some sick drafts. Well, that they like, have had some like they've hit on the money. Their team, other than their quarterback, is super young. Yeah. So and that's just it. Um, I'm still not sold on Rodgers. No, Rodgers. I have a feeling is going to pull the same thing that Russell Wilson pulled. I could see that for sure. Um, I'm not sold on Rodgers. I think though he does just enough to squeak the Jets into the playoffs. Yeah. I think he does just enough where he gets them nine, maybe ten wins, um, and they're looking at either second place in the AFC East or maybe third, which might be good enough to get in. I'm not – I think Miami could be heading for a disaster of a season. What is going on with Tyreek Hill, by the way? Did you hear about that? Uh, The abuse or the – abused somebody in Florida – yeah, the physical assault or something. Yeah. Um, honestly, I would be, with the way the NFL reacts, I would be shocked if he doesn't get some kind of suspension. They're like, they're still pursuing <clears throat> it, right? They're st- as far as I know, I've read a little bit on it. As far as I know, they're still pursuing it. Um, and the person is, uh, the person is not, like doesn't want to settle, doesn't want to drop charges, doesn't want to come up with like a, a, a plea deal or whatever. Like he wants or she wants. I can't remember if it was a guy or girl. Um, they want their day in court. I mean, part of me feels like a Buffalo Bill fan should go there and get Tyree killed to physically assault them and then just make a <laughs> huge deal out of it and be like, get do their goals to get him suspended. Um, and I think if Hill's gone. They definitely like if Hill gets suspended for the season, game set and match. Because like that's all you got to worry about is covering yep, Waddle. You throw one on Waddle, and that's why I'm banging the drum on DeAndre Hopkins, and I still think he's coming to Buffalo because we're in the situation that Miami's offense was in last year with uh, Hopkins and Diggs. And you even throw Kincaid in there, whoever you want to put as the third wide receiver, whether it's speed with Shakir, Davis, whoever, you cannot double them both. You have to roll your safeties one side or another on you. You can't, you can't lock them up. And that was Miami's thing. That was what made them dangerous. Except you need a quarterback to throw. Exactly. If you put Miami's a team where if you, and thank God they didn't. Can you imagine Miami right now with Justin Herbert? Thank God. And they could have, I mean, they could have drafted Herbert instead of Tua. He was there. Thank God they didn't. Because we would, my, that would be a deadly team. If you put Miami with, if you put Miami with Josh Allen, if you put Miami with Justin Herbert, if you put Miami with, um, I'm trying to think of other great quarterbacks and young quarterbacks in the AFC. I think even if you put Baker Mayfield I was thinking Baker on Mayfield, that team, yeah. good God, I feel... Deshaun Watson, if they would have gotten him on that team. Oh, yeah, but if Deshaun Watson pulled the same crap that he did now, you know, we wouldn't have to worry about it. But 
Yeah, I don't know. I I just I hate Mike McDaniel's with such a burning passion because I think he's a college douchebag. He looks like the college frat guy. Ugh, I can't stand him. And you know what? Like, ugh, I just can't. But I'm telling you, Miami would be a deadly team with a good young quarterback. And and that's the thing too. As long as they have Waddle and Hill, I don't think they're going to suck enough to get um, high enough in the draft to get a good quarterback. Well, and they also don't have a lot of money because of how much they're paying Hill. Yeah, which is why you'd need, like, a good young quarterback coming out of the draft. And I don't think I don't think even on a bad year with that offense, I think you're 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 talking at least seven to eight wins. At least. And yeah. that's gonna get you picking what, like thirteen, fourteen, fifteen? I see them breaking ten wins. Oh, for sure. That's what I mean. I'm saying if the if it falls off the rail. Oh yeah. But... If it fall like worst case, like Everybody gets hurt. I think that offense can still yeah. carry them to a minimum of seven to eight wins, and that's putting you in the middle of the draft. Um, I agree. I think they're going to get 10, 11 wins. I think they're going to be pushing the Bills for an AFC East title, but I don't think they're going to win it. Um, again, though, if Tua can't stay healthy, if Tua, like, week three, week two gets knocked out again or has to miss significant time, is their backup still Skyler something? Probably. Um, I mean, they, uh, need, they needed to double down and get a good backup. Yeah. I mean, maybe Sam Darnold would be their backup. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he will, but it could have been. At this point, I mean, is Cam Newton... Still kicking around? I don't think Cam Newton's still playing. Did he finally retire, retire? I don't, I don't think he was on a roster. I think he was on a preseason roster. Wasn't he back on the on the Patriots preseason roster? And then he was a he was a cut this year? He's a free agent. Okay. Sign Cam Newton. He's thirty four years old. That's what I mean. He's still young. Well, young ish. Bring back or bring in bring back Ryan Tannehill. He's got two kids. Does he? One's named Cashmere and the other one's named Caesar. That's cool names. I like that. Cashmere and Caesar names. I like that. Yeah, I don't think he's on the team right now. But um, do you think though there's in in the coaching world and teams where like sports world there's coaches out there that get way too much credit for what they deserve? Yeah, it's like uh, you think about it with the uh, like Saban. From Alabama or Coach K, I mean, some like some of them deserve it, and then some of them just like they have a couple good years, and they're automatically thought of as like the guy. True. Um, it's interesting that the college, yeah, college is a lot, but college it's so much more to do. I think with the recruiting, which then again is with, on the actual coach. Is that on the coach though, or is that like? Out of those recruiting trips, how much of those, especially initial recruiting trips, how many of those are actually made by the coach, or are they made by the coaching staff? Are they made by just recruiters? I mean, it depends on, like, how big the organization is. Like Alabama. Do you think Saban is going, 
all across the country and making all those recruiting trips. No, but I feel like if they're highly like scouted, then yeah. Like I feel like depending on like their their level. I mean, like if this person's like known for. Um, if he's like a five-star quarterback, yeah, then he yeah. probably. But like, if it's just somebody that they know will fill in a position, no, yeah. he's got an entire staff for scouting. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Saban, though, I mean, what was Alabama before Saban? Like, they weren't. I don't want to say they were a bum program, but they weren't. They weren't what it they is weren't now. what near what it is now. Yeah. Um. So whatever I think with college it's different because whatever whatever Saban brought to there whether it was name recognition whether it was recruiting whether it was his schemes coaching whatever um, he definitely turned around that program and has made that a consistent national uh, national title contender yep. every single year. Yep. Um, so I think it is a little different in college just because. A, your the turnover in college. I mean, even when you get a high five star recruit, you're lucky if they go four years with you. Yeah, more than likely they're going two or three, and every year you got to stock that you got to stock. It. It's not like the NFL where you can get a guy, you can get a Tom Brady for twenty years. Yeah, you have to be looking for the next one because yeah. they're gone in four. So I think college, you definitely it's it's a little bit harder to say a coach is overrated. Um, but I think there's a lot of NFL coaches, Belichick, um, even NHL coaches. NHL um, is rough. That's one thing in the football world, like a coach ultimately makes the call. Like the coach is ultimately installing the game plan offensively and defensively. You've got your coordinators, but saying, all right, we're going to run a four, three. We're going to be a blitz heavy team. We're going to be a zone heavy team. We're going to do this offensively we're going to be a pass heavy we're gonna, like you have your philosophies sometimes they fit sometimes they don't with the personnel but you're ultimately calling the play all right it's third and it's third and three what do we call here it's second whatever it's more just set plays they either work or they don't yeah. they're executed well or they're not where games like soccer hockey even lacrosse even basketball i mean basketball you're running your you have yeah, set plays, plays that yeah. you run but so that's I guess maybe a little bit more. But soccer and hockey, you're not like when you're dribbling down the field for soccer, you're not looking at your coach. Yeah, it, All right, we're running. We're driven. running Oklahoma. It's more of like their defense is giving us this. Yeah, you have. All right, they're running. You know, a four four two. We need to play this way. They're running with stopper sweeper. We need to play this way. We need to look for the outside passes. We need to look to break here. But it's very much, you know, just ad lib I want to say it's very much just on the fly you guys open I'm hitting him with the pass even with hockey and I know you're installing different formations and teaching stuff but but it's such a fast-paced game that's there's really not a lot of I mean hockey there's a lot of more stoppers than soccer but like it's very much reactive you just gotta keep going and you can do as much as you can from the bench but like the players out on the ice basically are more in charge of what's going on than you are yeah as a coach, you know, you can, if you see somebody slacking off, you can bench them. You can take away ice yeah. time. You can make their life a living hell the next day in practice. But, but like, if, if anything, like, when I coached soccer, I would just tell people, like, if anything, I was, like, a second, another voice that 
is talking. Like if I'd see somebody making a run, like on the other side, I'd be like, switch the field, <laughs> like screaming, so, like of that nature, just if like the person with the ball doesn't see it. I mean, because as a soccer player, when you play communication, you're always talking. You're always be like, oh, through or like something like one, two, but I don't know, with football or basketball, you have to be like, oh, play this specific route thing. Listen, Matt, um, when, I mean, if you ever get the chance to coach with me, you're going to realize I don't shut the hell up on the sidelines during games. Like, I am loud. I'm constantly, like, it's whether I'm yelling to drop back, whether I'm yelling at players, like, I am I'm pretty vocal on the sidelines. I have a loud voice. Oh, I love, I mean, that's just it. Even, it's, it's funny because even in practices, I rarely especially over the last couple of years i don't use a whistle like i'll just i'll just yell like all right bring it in or nope stop like i don't yeah i used to be early on and i might get back to it but i don't know i was always i guess like the roy kent from ted last like just whistle like i would i have a whistle i really don't and it, I, a lot of it is i would always just lose my damn whistle yeah. <laughs> like I'd either lose it in the car or at home or forget to bring it. Sometimes like and then you feel like oh, I really don't need to use the whistle, but then like you keep yelling and your voice eventually hurts and you're like, eh, I probably should use a whistle. That is true. But but oh, um whistles just seem so aggressive. No, I think with soccer though, it's more of all right, we've practiced this all week, we've practiced it the last day, yeah. now let's execute it. Yeah. Like when you get into the game, like you said, yeah, the coach is gonna end I'm I scream from sideline to sideline, but at the same time, you're just kind of acting as a second set of eyes. Yeah. And then at halftime, you bring everybody in, and you're like, all right, these are the adjustments we need to make. They're killing us on the outside. Our defense is not shifting, blah, blah, blah. You have, like, I think usually five to ten minutes. You know, you talk maybe half of that. So if you only get ten minutes for halftime, you're maybe talking five minutes these are the adjustments. You let them go warm back up for five minutes, pass the ball around, get loose for the second half, and then it's go. All your coaching is basically being done in practice. Yeah. Whereas in the NFL, I think, granted, I'm sure they, you know, they practice hard too. You got to do a lot in practice, but it's more of their coaching is definitely done a lot more during games. Yeah. Like with plays that they're calling in, with reactions, this and that. Well, the the best part is, is like, if you're a defensive coach, when your defense comes off the field, you can use that time to talk to them and be like, this is what we're doing now. Like, in other sports, like, maybe in, like, hockey, because there's, like, line changes. Line changes, yeah. But you can never talk to, like, your full team. Like, a defensive coach can talk to the full defense if he wants to on the sideline while they're doing it. Soccer, football, or soccer, basketball. And, um, you know, like hockey and stuff, you can only talk to a select few people yeah. every once in a while. Well, even basketball, you can call timeouts. Yeah, which I, mean, I always... call timeout in any sport. Not soccer. Yeah, that's Not fair. soccer, which I always – and they have this during – and <laughs> I coached modified for like four or five years, three or four years. Um, and I always forgot that they give you – I think it was either one timeout a game – or one timeout, because modified they played quarters. So one timeout a quarter, one timeout. We, you got timeouts. And there were times in games or whatever where it was be a close game or whatever, and our guys were a little tired, 
And somebody usually from the team would have to tell me, like, Coach, can we take a timeout? I'm like, yeah. timeout without? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Shoot, we got a timeout. Yeah. It's just because you're so used to no timeouts. I always thought in soccer, what's wrong with giving them one timeout per half? I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't think they need the three, four. Basketball gets way too many damn timeouts. Yeah, they do. Um, you don't need all that timeout. But what's wrong with a one-minute timeout? Actually, in hockey, you don't get a timeout either. Yeah, you do. You get one per game. Oh, do you? You get one per Nobody game. Nobody ever uses it, though. Eh, late in the game. Maybe, yeah. Late in the game, they will. No, what you got to do is during soccer, like, if you know that you need a timeout or something, or, like, stoppage of play, like, you find a ball, and you just whip it at one of your kids' heads. Be like, hold on, hold on, he's injured. Hold on, stop the ball, stop the game. Stop the game. Good job, good job, good Good job. Good job. Okay, he's out. There were, tra- can I tell you, there were travel games that, like, teams that I played on as a player where um, our coach would literally make a sub and be like, for the sole purpose, listen, in one minute, I want you to go down with an ankle injury, or I want you to go down with this, or I want you to <laughs> just, just, to stop just a game. fall, just to stop a game. Um, and I'm not naming any coaches or whatever who did that, but I always looked and be like, Really? Like that might be brilliant, but at the same time, that is so like just. I want you to put your head in front of their foot when they're kicking. Okay, okay. I taught your parents; they're cool with it. I remember the one guy that got subbed, in, and the coach wouldn't do it often. Like if it was a close game, late in whatever. If we were, if there was a ton, predictably he would do it. If it was a late game and we were either up one or it was tied. And there was a ton of pressure on our defensive end. Yeah. Then he would do it just to slow down their momentum. Um, I remember the one guy he put in, like, it was just so bad. Like, one of those, like, where the kid got, I don't know, maybe within five minutes, the mob, like, ah, 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 my ankle, ah, ah. Like, it just (laughs) went straight down. (laughs) He was like, you know how typically when your teammate actually gets hurt or yeah. whatever, you kind of have that somber look, like that. Oh, is he okay? Like, yeah. you just kind of look at him. At some point, I think I laughed. Like, I'm like, dude, what are you like? Just come on. That's like, a, what are you doing? That's a genius move. Good for him. But um, that's a special pride that that person should have. <laughs> that you know, it's like, and the Academy Award yeah. goes to. You're like, I'm taking one for the team, and then like you stand right in front of like the strongest player and be like hit me <laughs> and then you get hit and you wake up on the sideline you're like did i do it coach but that's where you earn your injury this one was just like going like maybe from here to the door away from like five feet from the wall and like ah, ah like didn't there was no contact oh i stepped on the I, I hit a rut ah ah the grass hurt me you get like a bag of ketchup and you put it over your eyes like <laughs> ah, i can't see anymore <laughs> But I I don't know. I just think I think there are coaches back to my original point. I think just Belichick is overrated. I think there are certain coaches out there. Now Andy Reid, I think granted right now he's got the new goat in Patrick Mahomes. Um but uh yeah, he is. He, I know you hate him as much as I hated Brady, but um Andy Reid gets the best out of his players. Like he I think he made Donovan McNabb I think who knows if he doesn't go if Mahomes goes to the Chiefs, are we hearing of Patrick Mahomes right now, or is he just like maybe a middle of the road quarterback? He 
Andy Reid did it with Alex Smith, who was nothing. He wasn't horrible. He was a middle-of-the-road quarterback. Andy Reid also had Michael Vick. Did he? Mm-hmm. Was Reid was still uh, in Philly with Vick? Mm-hmm. I forgot. Oh, was that the whole when Vick first got there, the, the dream team comment? Yeah. Okay. He Where got a decent amount out of Vic towards the end of his career after jail. <laughs> I mean, seriously, he... he uh, yeah, I just love how he went to jail. Um, it was, I don't love why he went to jail, but I think it's Reed, I think Reed has developed, he develops his players. Reed makes teams better. Um, I think you have a handful of coaches out there that get the most from their players. I think Belichick just... Road having the best quarterback of all time for 20 years. Yeah. I mean, I just, you know, if you'd like to play for your coach, you like to play for your coach. Yeah. Um, but not only that, I think he just, what what have you done for me? Yeah. And I think he's only right now, I still think he's getting fired at the end of this year. But I think the longer, I kind of hope he stays because the longer he stays, that team and that organization is not getting any better. Um, and I think if he stays four more years, I wouldn't be surprised if they miss the playoffs or at most make only one playoff appearance out of those four years. And that is only going to strengthen the argument. Is this guy a hall of fame coach? Oh, he's going to make, he's going to make the hall of fame. He'll make it for sure. But between other people, between just arguments, is this guy really the greatest coach of all time, or did this guy just really have the greatest quarterback of all time? And I think he's only strengthening the argument the wrong way for him. Yeah, but no matter what, he will he will have six Super Bowls to oh, six, he's going seven, Hall of Fame, seven Super Bowls to his name, and Hall of Fame. Whether he deserves them or not, he's going to the Hall of Fame. What do you mean, whether he well, whether he deserved those Super Bowls, whether he whether we give him too much credit for doing what he did with those Super Bowls. Well, with the Giants won, he actually did too pretty well with it. When the Giants won, what, in Super Bowl twenty five? Yeah. Oh, yeah, as a defensive coach. Yeah. But again, he was a defensive coordinator. Yeah, but he still got a Super Bowl ring. Very true. And the, the they he was a big reason why they won it. Oh, that game, yes, so absolutely. he earned at least one. <laughs> yeah. But even, that's another thing, too. And maybe you can look this up. He's a defensive, supposed to be a defensive guru. All those years with New England, what was his defense? Do you know what his defensive ranking was? Like, what was his defensive ranking? Were they constantly top five, top defense? Because I don't— What, for New England? For New England. I don't ever remember, other than a few years, I don't ever remember them being, like, the best defense in the world. Maybe one year. I think one year— they were on pace, like they were just ripping everybody apart on defense. But I always thought they were an above-average defense. I could be wrong on that. Maybe that's my Patriot hatred coming um, into play. I'm trying to find it. But I think it's... Okay. Um, from 2003... Where's the ranking? Um, 
So they've got to be. I see team records. I see defense. I'm on the pro football reference. I can't find their... Okay. Um... Offensive, defensive ranking. All right. So... Looks like defensive ranking by points. Last year they were 11. Oh, this can't be right. This is their offensive ranking. I hate these websites. I'm going to tell you. It gives you a link for one thing, and it shows you something else when you click on it. Yeah, it's... Offensive points per game. All right, but again, I don't think I I wouldn't say they were a awesome defense. No, they were every year. They were pretty mid of the line because like usually a lot of the time it ranged like offensive points per game. Yeah, they kind of ranged. Brady was blowing everybody out. Yeah, they ranged around between like seventeen to twenty-one. Um, a, a lot of the years, yeah. there's a couple of years where they're like fourteen, fourteen or fifteen points, but a lot of it's a range between seventeen to twenty-one. So it's like average. Yeah, that and that's what I mean. An yeah. average defense. If he's this defensive guru, defensive-minded head coach, because let's be honest. And again, maybe I'm wrong. I don't think he's the reason that offense was doing the stuff that they were doing. Yeah, he's not an offensive-minded coach. Um, There's actually not a lot of offensive-minded coaches. So how are you, like, how is your defense not top five, top ten? Let's go top ten even. How is your defense not top ten every year? I think people just look at wins compared to losses, and they attribute that to defense. They're like, you didn't, like, with the perfect season other than the Super Bowl, they were like, you never lost a game. That's a great defense. I was like, not necessarily. <laughs> like, yeah. like, the Jets have a great defense. The, the Jets' defense last year kept them, that was the sole reason they kept them in the playoff hunt. They had a lot of good defense. Like the the Patriots have had good defensive players. Oh, for sure. But as a defense, I would never consider them like sound. No. When I think when I think solid defenses, traditional defenses, even just reputation, I think of Pittsburgh. Yeah. I think of Baltimore, Seattle, um, Seattle. Even I I, I think you got to throw Buffalo in there now at this point. Oh, dude, Doug Marone's defense was nasty. I think you've got to throw Buffalo's been I'd say Buffalo over the last like 10 15 years has been consistently at a higher defensive rank. We than went the from like a solid offense 
team from like the '90s to a solid defensive team. Yeah, of like now. Yeah, it's just our offense was so putrid in those those drought years most of the time that even though we had a third ranked defense. Our offense was like 24th. Yeah, exactly. 27th. And that proves the point that defense can't win games. I mean. The only time I could see and the only season I really see, and I keep going back to that Baltimore team with Trent Dilfer as their quarterback, Ray Lewis, um, Ed Reed. It's I mean, they had just on that defense won them that Super Bowl that year, like by far. Like that defense was just nasty. Mm-hmm. Was that the um? That was the San Francisco Niners or San Francisco? No, Rams? that was the uh, no. That was before that. That was the Giants. That was when they beat the uh, oh, they okay. beat the Giants Super Bowl Bowl. That was before I, I started one. really caring about football. Yeah, that I would have been. Uh, well, let's see. I would have been a junior in college, so that would have been two thousand one Super Bowl. Two thousand one to two thousand. The 2000 season, but the Super Bowl in 2001. Gotcha. Okay. I think. But, um, yeah, they were just – and it was funny because I remember that we we had a Super Bowl party at at our house, and one of my roommates was a huge Giants fan. Like, he was from – he's from Connecticut. Um, Interesting. Huge, huge Giants fan and just was so, like, pissed off that entire game. Like, just – in fact, I'm pretty sure that I don't. Well, I don't know. I don't know if the Giants went in that game as the favorite or what, but Baltimore like just tore their offense That's up. That's how it goes. I think that was an early that that had to have been an early Eli Manning. Yeah, probably. I think that had to have been an early Eli Manning. Yeah, <clears throat> or like right before, or maybe it was right. I don't know. I think it was, but um, yeah, the Giants just did. Nothing. That game. That makes sense. All right. Um, so, yeah, I'm hoping... Uh, you know, Eli Manning only won two Super Bowls. Uh, Peyton Manning only won two Super Bowls. No, I know, but I'm saying that he only won two Super Bowls. Yeah. Oh, right. They lost. Sorry. I thought... Never mind. Yeah, they lost. Yeah, they yeah, were yeah, lost. Yeah. Um, yeah, Dude, so no, to use 2004 draft... So okay, so it would have been right before him. So who, who was it? Who the hell was the quarterback that year? Todd Collins, maybe. I don't know. I'll look it up. I'm gonna say Todd Collins. Baltimore versus Baltimore versus New York Super Bowl, the Giants Super Bowl. Um, or not Todd Collins, Kerry Collins. Todd Collins was a Bill. Um, Aerosmith and Britney Spears. That was a Super Bowl halftime show. Holy cow! They got blown out that game. Yeah, the offense did like nothing. What was the final score? Thirty-four right. seven. Who was the quarterback? Um, I know it was, would have been Trent Dilfer for Baltimore. Um, Trent Dilfer, Kerry Collins. Kerry Collins. Okay, that's what I thought. Tiki Barber was on the New York Giants. Yep. Yeah. They just destroyed. That team, yeah, makes sense. Shannon Sharp, yeah, yeah, on tight end. They're look at their defensive players. They had to have had at least they've got to have at least three or four like all pro, if not some Hall of Famers on there. They only have two Hall of Famers on the defense: Reed and Lewis. No, Ray Lewis and Rod uh, Woodson. Ed Reed is not a Hall of Famer. Ed Reed wasn't on the defense. 
Ed Reed? Yeah. He had to have been. Mm-mm. On that Super Bowl team? Mm-mm. Was he hurt? I don't know. Rob Burnett, Sam Adams, Tony Siragusa, Michael McCary, uh, McCary, Peter Bolware, Ray Lewis, Jamie Sharp, uh, Dwayne Starks, Chris McAllister, Kim Herring, and then Rod Woodson. Siragusa, is he a Hall of Famer? No. No? Uh-uh. Wow. Ed Reed was not on that team. Or, yeah. Or just did not play in that game. Yep. Interesting. Um, he must have been hurt. But anyways, that team was just destroyed. Everybody. That whole season, they were just, like, knocking people around. Um, that, I think, was really at least the one year or one time that I can uh, think of that um, a defense actually won a championship. That's fair. So let's see. No, Ed Reed would have come in. Was it after? Ed Reed would have come in in 2002. So that was, what, 2001 the Super Bowl was played? Yeah. Yeah. So he would have come in either one or two years after. Interesting. So their defense got even better. Yeah. Um, All right. Let's wrap it up with our hot seat questions here. All right. Um, Hopefully we'll have – I'm going to – We'll come in hot one more time. Hopefully next week, if not next week, the week episode after that. Hopefully we'll have uh, a little bit of an announcement to make. But um, yeah, you know it's just got to get cleared and everything, Uh-oh. you know, made finalized. Well, so we'll we'll tease a little bit with that. But uh, hot seat questions. Um, question number one: Fourth of July, obviously today. Um, are you a – we'll keep it simple with this one. Are you a fireworks guy? First of all, fireworks guy where you go to see them afterwards or just fireworks guy where you, like, light them off, backyard, friend's house, whatever. Like, are you a fireworks Are you a fireworks type of guy? Not really. Not even lighting them off? No. Not even as a kid, like, throwing firecrackers at each other? No. I kind of just – if they were there, they were there. If they weren't, okay. they weren't. So you're not making like like oh we got to go see it over the falls we got to go see it uh, no I mean they, my mom always took me and stuff but like I never I wasn't I'm not a huge fan of them watching them no I was whatever if they're there they're there I was always that kid though I liked like lighting them on fire setting them off throwing them whatever you get the <laughs> Roman candles all that crap so yeah I I enjoyed lighting them off but. As opposed to, like, just somebody lighting them and watching, eh, whatever. Okay, it goes boom. I like watching people be stupid with them now, like, in the sense of, like, them shooting off, like, those huge fireworks in, like, the house, like, in their neighborhood, and they clearly don't know what they're doing. Like, <laughs> that I enjoy watching now. Yeah. Where you see the firework accidents. Yeah. Where it goes up and then comes down and then explodes. Or it, like, goes into, a, like, your stash of all the fireworks and then, and then like, just knocks, like, sets everything off. Yeah, I love those kind of fireworks. Those are fun to watch. All right. Um, and then I guess we'll keep this one, one A, one B. Favorite food on the 4th of July? I guess it's just a burger. I'll say, are you a hamburger or hot dog guy? I'm a hamburger guy. I'm not a, hu- I'm not a huge foodie, so, like, I just eat when I need food. 
But okay. like, I will go for a burger with a one steak sauce on it rather than a the hot dog. Okay, yeah. I'm definitely a burger guy. Hot dogs. I gotta be in the right mood for a hot dog. Yeah, they're not as filling as a burger. No, they're not. And a lot of it time, it's just too much bun. It's too much bun, and there's not enough. There's not enough fun with it. Absolutely. Like burgers, you can have different varieties, different this, yeah. different uh, hot dog. What are you gonna do? A big thing is, ooh, we've got diced onions. Oh, and on. relish, and, and then ketchup and mustard, and that's it. That's about it. And then half the time when you take a first bite, all that stuff usually falls off anyways because yeah. it's piled on too high. Yeah, exactly. So you're like, well, this was a waste. But with a burger, it, it it's meant to carry more stuff. I agree. Yeah. You can put stuff in it. I, it's just good. Yeah. All right. Question two. What do you got? Favorite Fourth of July dessert at like a barbecue. Hmm. Is there like a Fourth of July dessert? I mean, some people make like red, white, and blue like Jello or pudding or you know. That's true. I'm gonna say for me personally, like my aunt's ambrosia. My aunt Suzette. Oh yes, she, ambrosia is my favorite. She she makes the best homemade ambrosia. Um, I love it. Oh, I love it. And it's always. But again, I I guess Fourth of July because you always have a picnic. But yeah. that's just like a any picnic. She'll bring the ambrosia, oh, and I love it. So good! It's so refreshing too. It is. Like I'm not gonna lie, I'll be the guy that like takes a huge scoopful, plops it on the plate. Usually comes back like five, ten, fifteen minutes later. Yeah. Takes another huge scoopful. So good. I I love it. Can't not have ambrosia salad and not be happy with it. Oh, absolutely. All right. Question three. Um, all right, let's keep it. Nah, I was gonna, nah, there's really no Fourth of July movies other than Independence Day. Um, but uh, let's see. All right, if you we talked a lot about overrating coaches or whatever. If you could uh, list your top three coaches, any sport, hockey, football, baseball badminton whatever um top three coaches of all time i don't know i'm going andy reed number one for football i think he was just i think he he's proven way better than belichick okay um and more i'm thinking of this, this might be kind of tough um, just do. Let's just do two. Let's do two. Hockey. Uh, I I gotta say Scotty Bowman. I know that's going with the answer that everybody like. Just might be the most, maybe the most recognizable coach. Yeah, probably most popular coach um, to the average fan. But I'm gonna say Scotty Bowman. I think what he did in Detroit. I still find it hard to believe. Like he actually. I I keep forgetting that he came to Buffalo. He coached Buffalo. I think. Two seasons? One season? I don't know. Three seasons? He was here not very long. Um, But, yeah, I'm going to say Scotty Bowman in okay. the NHL. How about you? I'm going to go with Phil Jackson. Ooh, okay. Phil Jackson, and I'm going to do Barry Trotz. I like Barry Trotz. Barry Trotz. Okay. Yeah, well, because I'm a Capitals fan, and, you know, he finally was able to. Um, He's uh. He's just started a general manager. Who do you take? Was it is it the Preds that he's the general manager of now? I don't know because I know when he left the Capitals, he went to the Islanders. But after that, I kind of because I know he's this year he's not coaching, but he's I believe he's a general manager, and I want to say he's taken over the Preds Predators organiz, organization. Um, 
yeah, I solid choice. Solid choice. Um, uh, he is the general manager for the Nashville Predators. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which again, I think, I think that's an, I think that's an easy transition from a coach yeah. to go to a general manager. I think an e- super easy transition. All right. So that was question three. What are we on? Question number four. Yep. All right. Question four. Um. All right. Favorite, not show now, but favorite like TV show as a kid. We'll say, we'll say, we'll say elementary years. My favorite Element- show as an elementary kid? Like as an element. We'll even go, we'll, we'll go as high as middle. Nothing higher than middle. So between what, K to eight. Favorite, favorite TV show um, as a kid that you can remember. Was it a cartoon? Whatever. It was Hey Arnold. Hey Arnold? Really? Yeah. Okay. That was what? Er, no, late nineties. Yeah. No, okay. It's like I think mid nineties. Okay. Um. For me, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Voltron. Yeah. Which is, in my opinion, which was like pre Power Rangers or whatever it was like Power Rangers also solid. Yeah. But um, Voltron. I think when I got into that, I had to have been like eight, nine, ten. Something about that. So, what is that like? Third, fifth, third, fourth, fifth. Yeah, That's something like that. I had all like I had the Voltron castle. I had like the Voltron uh, action figures, like where you can make the big Voltron. You can make like the little stuff. Like it was again a, a Japanese show that was basically dubbed in American, yeah. but cartoon, cartoon. Okay. All right. Last one. Question five. This is like a two-parter. Um, if you had a supervillain who was out to get you, who would it be? Like, who would you want it to be? And then who would you want as a superhero to kind of, like, be on your side? Hmm. So who would you want, like, your supervillain who's, like, out to get you be? And then who do you want to be, like, on your side as a superhero? Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, the most bumbling villain <laughs> just because it'd be, like, easy as hell to destroy him. Um, I could go that route, but the penguin. Uh, the only one that can instantly pop in my head as far as supervillains would be Shredder from Ninja Turtles. Yeah, dude. Um, I I would think that'd be that'd be cool. And he's like, he's like a, enough of a you know enough of a like a badass where, like, if people if you told people like, dude, Shredder's after me, Shredder, like, like, dude, like, oh, like they'd be gosh, totally scared. What did you do? Yeah. Um, Part of the Yakuza. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'll say Shredder as the bad guy that. Uh, I'd want chasing me as far as somebody having my back. Um, I'll say Wolverine. I'll okay. say Wolverine will be enough. Again, enough of a badass to take on, take Shredder. on Shredder. Yeah, that's fair. I feel like, I feel like Shredder and Wolverine are on two different tiers. Like Wolverine is basically indestructible. <laughs> Pretty much. And Shredder's just a dude who knows karate. It wears like armor. <laughs> Well, he's got like the spikes and and the stuff. Yeah, but yeah, but like he's he's human. 
But doesn't he get in one of the versions of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Doesn't he get like mutated too? He has crab arms. Yeah, like where he becomes like Super Shredder or whatever. Well, there's three versions. There's a robotic version. There's a crab armed version, and there's a regular version. I was really into Teenage Mutant. I was gonna Turtles say, um, but I thought one isn't one where he's dubbed like the Super Shredder. Uh, yeah. So, so there's actually ten versions of Shredder. Oh wow. Yeah. Um. So I guess you could have your pick of which one you wanted. Um, so uh, the 1987 animated version, but was too bumbling and silly. Yeah, I don't like want a, the bumbling and silly one. Okay. I mean, it'd be fun to, but then afterwards, like if you told somebody like, dude, really that guy, like you need, you need Wolverine to beat up that guy. Come here, give me a dollar. I'll do it myself. Right. There was a, a cyber shredder. So he was all, like, cyber and stuff. Because, like, he died, and then they brought him back. Okay. Um. There's the original that, like, knows, like, karate and stuff. There's another mutated one that's, like, a zombie shredder. Um. Where was the crab-armed one? I knew there was one with the crab. I think you're thinking of one of the other, like, the Bebop and Rocksteady guys. No, I know what I'm talking about. I can't see the different versions. But Claw Shredder, that was his name. Okay. But yeah, whatever whatever one's the more like the more ruthless one, I guess. That's the one I want. Okay. Chasing, chasing after me. Okay. What about you? I'd probably do Deathstroke from Batman. I have no idea who that is. Deathstroke is like a human, but like he's like a kind of like a mercenary for hire. He's he's he is hardcore man. Like his name's Deathstroke. So he has he's another one though. He like doesn't have. Okay, I see him now. Does he have any superhero like superpowers? Mm-mm. But okay. he's like you know very well trained and you know tracks okay. and hunts people down and stuff like that. And then to s- protect me, I would probably just logistically thinking have it be. I, I want to say Superman, but more to think about it, Deathstroke's the kind of person to realize what his weaknesses and then use it against him so I don't like you know but I was also being like oh I could pick Green Arrow <laughs> but he's just he's just human and just shoots arrows like so I mean mm, could I use Venom who's technically not a he's like an anti-hero I'll allow it alright so Venom I'll do just I use Venom Okay. Okay. I was going to say, I was going to go Superman, but I feel like that would have been just too generic. Yeah. And, and I'm not going to lie. And before we get into a big topic, is Batman really a superhero? He's not. Well, he's as much as a superhero as Joker is a supervillain. Yeah, but I figure with, I, I think with supervillain, all you got to do to be a supervillain is be incredibly cruel. Like, and just not give a damn who you hurt and, like, just have the, 
Like have the capacity. Like even if you're just the supervillain who pushes the button to blow stuff up, like you've got to have that that supervillain, that evil brain to knowingly push that button. But is he a villain or is he a supervillain? Because like a supervillain, I think of is like you think of like, um, you know. I think it's super. I think well, as like, long as you do it on the grander scale, like I would see a villain being like a just a bank robber, but a super villain is like blowing up the bank and killing people and like killing maybe. whole sections of neighborhoods and I don't know. I don't know. It's it is what the world. It, well, it's the same thing. as like is Green Arrow a, a superhero or is he just a hero? He just shoots arrows. I always think like that. I, I, and I'm not big into the comic book world or superhero, like, that action figure type, but it seems like Green Arrow just gets picked on, like, relentlessly. But he's the funniest superhero in the Justice League. He was so sarcastic and could care less. But that's just it. I feel like he's, like, the guy, like, all right, this is, like, who invited the Green Arrow? Yeah. Like, just, like, he's the guy that just really, all right, buddy, just be glad that we are, like, even letting you in here. Yeah, yeah. But I think he knows that, and he doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, all I've heard once was that Alfred is actually the Joker. Really? In some comic books, I think Alfred became the Joker to create Batman. What do you mean, to create Batman? Like, the whole reason that Batman is who he is is because his parents died, and like he's trying to fight crime and stuff. But to to kind of give Bruce... Wayne a purpose with this whole new escapade. Alfred became the Joker. Like he killed his parents? No, no. But he he knows how Batman he knows how Bruce Wayne is and the purpose of what he's doing. And to to give him a sense of purpose other than just going around and like beating up regular like thugs and stuff, he he became the exact opposite of Batman. For the sole purpose to kind of like support Batman, so he kept him motivated mm-hmm. by being the Joker. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's an actual comic book line. That'd be a terrible premise, but whatever. I get it. I don't know. All right, we're gonna wrap things up there. Like I said, hopefully next week. If not, definitely the weekend after. There'll be a. a a big announcement or a nice announcement. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say a big announcement after, after uh, 12 years of change. Um, there's going to be a big announcement made. Um, but again, make sure you follow us on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, check us out at Stories from the Sidelines. And make sure everybody has a happy, safe 4th of July weekend, 4th of July week. Um, and just go out there, no blowing up things that shouldn't be blown up. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure, as always, you tune in next week for another exciting episode of Stories from the Sidelines.